the Gospel of Mark chapter 10. There is a, a, a moment where Jesus is with uh, his disciples, and there's some crowds around him. And uh, while Jesus is there, there are people that are bringing uh, children to Jesus. They are bringing children to Jesus because they want him to lay hands on them so he could bless them. And so these, imagine uh, Jesus in the, in the middle of this crowd and, and, and just, just droves of people bringing children to Jesus. Well, the disciples see that and they immediately uh, begin to put an end to it. They, they, they try to prevent the children from getting to Jesus. And when Jesus sees that, he gets upset. He gets angry at them and says, don't, don't forbid them from coming to me. Don't keep them from coming to me. That, the kingdom of God, all this that we're doing, it's for them. It's for people like them. And then he goes on to say in verse 15, Mark 10, 15, he says, Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Anyone who does not or will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. It. In other words, what Jesus is saying to his disciples and to those that are listening, he's saying, if you are to view me, if you are to receive me, you are to begin to see me through the perspective of a child. He says, I want you to begin to see me through the eyes of a child. When you view God, when you think about God, think about God through the perspective, the same perspective that a little child would. Well, what is the perspective of a child? Well, children have imagination. Uh, children uh, have a sense of awe and wonder. That's why many children are fascinated with fantasy and, 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 and fiction, and they're fa uh, fascinated with fairy tales because there's a lot that children will believe. Well, here's the good news. The story of Jesus is not a fairy tale. The story of God is not a fairy tale, but it's amazing that, that little children, if you tell a child that Jesus loves them, more often than not, children will believe that. If you tell a child that God is for them, then, then the chances are, because of the sense and awe and wonder that a child has, a child will believe that. They won't question it. But what happens is, and I shared this last week, is that as we tend to grow up, as we tend to experience more in life, as children, as teenagers, now as adults, we, sense, we have a sense of losing that awe and wonder. Now it becomes a little bit more difficult for, for adults to believe that Jesus would love them. Now it, it, it begins to see, seem a little bit more difficult to believe that the God of the universe is actually for them. And so last week it was about us restoring that sense of awe and wonder that God is good and that God is for you. Say, God is for me. Let's stay in wonder about that. Let's believe that the God of the universe is for me. And today, in week two of this series, I want us to get our wonder and awe restored in believing the truth that not only is God for me, but also that God is with me. That God is with me. Now, the Bible describes a characteristic about God 
that, that he is, uh, a word that is used is omnipresence. Omnipresent. He is all present, meaning God can be anywhere, everywhere, at any time. And so the Bible uh, uh, demonstrates that throughout the, the, the scriptures, and we begin to see that and see that, that this God can be everywhere, anywhere, at any time. So what that means for us this morning is the fact that, that though God can be present in the universe, God can also be personal and present with you. Did you catch that? The same God that is present throughout the universe is the same God that can be personal and present with you. My God is with me. Emmanuel, God with us. Isaiah 41 verse 10 says, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. Keep, uh, uh, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have, because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. That's what the scriptures say. The scripture says that God is with us. The scripture says that he will never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And so what does that mean for the life of a believer? What that means for us this morning is I don't have to worry about what happens to me in life because I have a God of the universe that is with me. I don't have to worry about what happens to me in life because God is with me. That should stir some of you up this morning. You should get excited about that. That God is with you? That God is with me? But see, here's the dilemma. Some of you only got excited about that statement because I prompted you to. Because there are some in here this morning that would ask the question, well, if God is really with me, then why don't I feel him? I, I, you're getting all excited about the God of the universe being present with you, but if, but if God is really with me, then, then, then Chris, why don't I feel him? I'm going through life right now, and I'm feeling all alone. I'm, I'm going through life right now, and I'm feeling abandoned. I'm, I'm going through a dark season, and man, you say God is with me, but man, I just don't feel him. That seems so hard to believe. And so let me tell you this one statement, and this is probably the, the most important statement I can tell you this morning if you don't catch anything else I say to you. But catch this and pay attention to this. For those of you asking the question, if God is really with you, then why don't I feel him? I need you to catch this. Just because God is with you doesn't mean that you are with him. Just because God is with you doesn't mean that you are with him. Now, let me illustrate this in a way we can better understand. And, and this is going to expose me in a way in my imperfection as a, as a, as a dad, as a, as a husband. But, but there are moments where I'll be at the house and, and my girls will come 
and they'll come sit on the couch next to me. They'll come jump on the bed where I'm at, wherever I'm at. And they'll come because they just want to be around me or they want to be with me. But because my mind either is going in another direction or things are on my mind or I have my phone with me, there are times where, where they're right there with me and I don't even acknowledge that they're there. And all they want is, is, is some engagement. All they want is some acknowledgement. And they're right there with me, but I'm, I'm either on my phone or I'm thinking about something. Something's going on here at the church or, or whatever the case is, and I'm not there. So, so though we are in the same room, though we are in the same vicinity, though they are with me, it doesn't mean that I'm with them. Why? How do we know that? Because I'm not engaging with them. And that's the way our relationship with God seems to be. The God of the universe is with you, but you aren't with him. He's in the same room with you, but you are, you're, you're, not, you're not acting like he's right there with you. You're not even acknowledging that he's in the room. And so the question you have is, well, well, then why don't I feel him? If he's really with me like you say is, then, 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 then why don't I feel him? Why don't I sense him around me? Well, the question we need to ask is, man, are you engaging him? Are you acknowledging that God is in the room? See, some of you like the idea that God is with you. You, you like the idea that, 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 that God can be with you so he can protect you. You like the idea that God can be with you so he can bless you, but only when it's convenient. I'm going through some hard time right now. God, I need you to be with me. But the reality that we all must realize the reality that we all must, must come to this morning is that God is always with us. Are you with him? And so all I want to do in our time together this morning, first I want to get you to stand in awe and wonder of the reality that we have a God that is with you. But I want to get practical with you this morning because I don't want you to leave here uh, just still wondering uh, if God is really with you. I, I want to get practical with you because I don't want you to be that person that doesn't acknowledge that he's in the room. I want you to be that person that engages with God. I, I want you to be that person that can say, man, I've had a moment with God. And so I'm just going to get practical with you this morning. Is that okay? How can I have these moments with God? How can I truly engage God? Well, it's real simple. The first thing you got to do is talk to him. Talk to him. Talk to God. Talk to God. And we call that what? We call that prayer. When you talk to God, you are praying to God. But see, there are some of you in here that, that, that you may be intimidated by prayer. Some of you here don't, don't really have a, a, a prayer life, and, and I'm not here to call anybody out on that. What I'm saying is, is that, that you're, you're more comfortable with me talking to God on your behalf. 
Some of y'all think that, that, that God's going to listen to me better than he listens to you. And I only say that because I've had conversations with some of you before. Man, if you could just talk to, if you could just talk to the man upstairs for me. Man, if you could just, Chris, if you can just talk to God for me, man, if you can just pray for me. What, the, what you're saying is I need you to talk to God for me. God would far rather prefer and hear from you about your problem than hear from me about your problem. He wants to talk. And so a great way to acknowledge that God is with you, a great way for you to have a moment with God is to talk with him. Pray. Have a conversation. Psalm 54, 2, the psalmist says, To hear my prayer, O God, listen to the words of my mouth. So prayer is this conversation. It's a conversation. See, and don't talk to God like he's in the room. Talk to God because he is in the room. It's some interesting wording we got to say that because talk to God like he's there with you. No, talk to God because he is there. He is there. He is listening. Talk to him. Well, I don't really know the right language to pray. English. You don't have to speak in these and thous. You don't have to speak in the King James. Just talk to him. Talk to him like you would your friend. Talk to him like you would your neighbor. Just talk to him. Prayer is a conversation. See, because when you have these moments with God, that's when the things start to happen. When you have these moments with God, that's when, that's when you, you really start to get a sense of wonder about how awesome and powerful God is. Philippians 4, 6, many of us may know this. Do not be anxious about anything. Don't worry. Don't get anxiety about what? Anything. But in every situation, what does that mean? Every situation. Small situations, big situations. Don't worry or be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition. In other words, by talking with God, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. He's saying talk to God. Talk to God in your dark season. Talk to, talk to God in your dark moments. Talk to God when you got those big decisions to make. Talk to God and what happens. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. What is the peace of God? What's well, not the world's peace. The world may have its own peace. But it says, and the peace of God. Well, the peace of God is different. Because the peace of God is, is his presence with you. The peace of God is the fact that he's right there with you. The peace of God. God doesn't just throw peace your way. God is peace. And if God is peace, 
and God is with you, then you have the peace of God. See, when you're talking to God, you are talking to him because he is there. When you are talking to God, you are talking to peace. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, meaning the peace of God that just doesn't make sense. Just doesn't make sense. Have you ever had those moments in your life where you didn't need a word of encouragement? You didn't need advice. You just needed somebody to be there. Anybody ever been in those situations before? I don't really need you to talk to me. I don't, I don't need this comforting word. I just need you to be here. There's a peace that comes with that. There's a peace in the presence. And the peace of God is, is peace in the presence. The peace of God is, look, I, I, I know, God, you are right here with me. So I don't have to worry about what happens to me. I don't have to worry and be anxious about how this situation is going to turn out because, God, I already, I already know you're with me. However this thing goes, you won't leave me. However, whatever kind of diagnosis I get, God, I know you're still right here with me. No matter how, which direction my bank account goes up or down, God, I know you're still here with me. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So remember, this is a conversation. You want to have a moment with God? Talk to him. But because this is a conversation, we don't just talk to him, but now we have to listen to him. After you've said what you've needed to say, after you've communicated what you needed to communicate, after you've acknowledged that he's in the room, now you get to listen to him. Now you get to hear what he has to say. Deuteronomy 30, 20 says, and that you may love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice and hold fast to him. God still speaks today. He still speaks. If you talk to him, now you have to hear him. Now you have to listen to him. And I promise you he will speak to you. And you say, well, Chris, I've never heard the audible voice of God. I, I, I don't know if I'll ever hear the audible voice of God. And the reality is probably the majority of us in here have never heard the audible voice of God. But that still doesn't mean that God doesn't speak. God is always speaking to us. One way that he speaks to us is through his word. Newsflash, you want a word from the Lord? Open up his word. God speaks to us through his word. Many of us want direction for our lives, and we're wondering, and we're trying to navigate through life. We're, we're trying to navigate through relationships. We're trying to navigate through decisions, and we're wanting this audible voice from God to come from the clouds and just to speak to us and tell us which direction to go. God, tell us what to do. And God's like, I already said it. 
I've already spoken it. Just open the book. Open the book and let me talk to you. Open the book and let me speak to you. Open the book and let me guide you. Just listen. Listen to me. He speaks to us through his word. He speaks to us through people. God will use people in your life to speak to you. I'm hoping that even in this moment right now from this platform that for, for, for whatever reason God has chosen me to do this, but, 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 but I'm hoping right now that God is speaking to you. He speaks to us through his word. He speaks to us through people. He speaks to us through circumstances. Yes, even the bad ones. Even the bad circumstances, even the bad situations, God speaks to us through those. God still speaks. And even in the midst of all that, either through his word, through people, through circumstances, God still speaks to us and can speak to us even through his spirit. That, that, that voice in your head, that, 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 that thing that you call your conscience, that kind, of, that kind of unction, that kind of ump on the inside of you that, that prompts you to say, no, nah, don't do that, that prompts you to say, prompts you to say no, don't say that. that, that prompts you to move this direction, that prompts you to move that direction, that can be God speaking to you through his spirit. But you got to listen to him. And the reason why we don't hear the voice of God, forgive me, it's because we just don't shut up. We talk too much. We talk way too much, some of us more than others. If it fits. But that's the thing. We talk too much. You, you know what I'm saying? We, we, we do. We just talk too much. We always feel like we got to have the last word. But don't ever feel like you have to last, have the last word with God. Let God have the last word. But we're like that with people, right? We, we just got to have the last word with people. I just got to say what I need to say. I just got to make sure that I'm the last one heard. That's, that can cause some major issues for us from hearing from God. Because the same way we talk to people can be the same way that we talk to God. And God's like, eh, I'm, 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 I'm trying to say something. If you would just hush. If you would just hush. I guess that's a better way to say it. I shouldn't have said shut up. If you would just hush. If you would just shh. Then maybe we would hear more from God. Because it's a conversation. Don't always feel like you got to have the last word. Let him have the last word. 
I promise if you allow him to have the last word, and I say, do say aloud, though God is the God of the universe, God doesn't force himself to be like, well, they're not even really listening to me, so I'm just going to back up, and I'm going to let them continue on as is. Because I'm trying to speak to them. I'm trying to share with them. I'm trying to give them something. But they're just not listening. But listen. Listen to him. He's got something to say. Listen to him. He's already said something. Because God is with you. I should be preaching upstairs, man. They're getting hyper up there, man. But it's a conversation. You speak to him. You listen to him. But not only do we listen to him, and when we listen to him, and when we take the moment just to not speak, when we take the moment not to always have the last word, when we shut down everything else just to listen to him, now we can receive from him. Because there's something he wants to give you. There's direction that he wants to give you. We can receive from him. 2 Corinthians 1.3 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we, receive, we ourselves receive from God. And so, so now we're at a place where, where we're wondering, well, 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 if, if God is with me, then, then why don't I feel him? Well, now let me start engaging with God. Let me talk to him. Let me begin to talk to God about my troubles. Let me begin to talk to God about my situations and my issues. Now let me just pause. Let me just pause and stop everything. And let me just receive and let me hear from him. What has he got to say? to me. And now with what he is saying to me, now let me with open arms just begin to receive from him. If it's comfort that I need, then I'll take that comfort. If it's direction that I need, I'll take that direction. If it's correction that I need, then I'll take that correction. Everything you receive from God is good. But not everything you receive from God initially can be easy for everybody. Sometimes it's correction. Sometimes we're, we're moving in one direction or we're doing something we shouldn't be doing or whatever that may look like for you. And God's got to come through and you've, you've prayed to him, you've, you've, you've talked to him, and now he wants to give you something. Maybe it is correction. Maybe he does need to turn the course of your life around. And you know what? Oftentimes that correction can hurt a little. A lot of times that correction or that truth that needs to be spoken to you can, can sting a little bit. And in that, he may use a person to do that. God may use a person. In fact, God may have already been using people in your life to correct you and to address some things in your life that may be in the end not good for you or beneficial to you. Chris, I see you going this direction. You need to stop it. 
Chris, I'm noticing these patterns in your life. I'm noticing this about you. You need to just stop it. Chris, I know you, you love this thing so much, and, 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 and man, it's so much a part of you, but Chris, you need to get rid of it. You need to cut it out of your life. Though God is always good, it doesn't mean it's always easy. But if we will listen to him, we can receive from him because God has got something to give us. He's got something to deposit in us. He's got something that we can, if we would just stand with open arms, we can receive from him. So you want to engage with God? You want these moments with God? Talk to him. Listen to him. Then receive from him. But I'll be really honest with you, really the most important aspect of these moments with God, I think that we all need to do better at, or I'll just speak for myself that I really need to do better at. Yeah, I talk to him. Yeah, I, I, I listen to him. Yeah, I'll receive from him. But you know what? They're just moments where we just need to sit and just enjoy his presence. Just enjoy him. Just enjoy the fact that the God of the universe is right there with you. God, I don't need anything from you today, God. I just love the fact that you're right here with me. God, I, I don't really have any prayer requests today. God, I don't really have some major things going on in my life. In fact, God, things are actually going really good right now. You know what? I just want to sit in your presence because you've been so good to me. I just want to sit and enjoy you. Just want to enjoy you. And I think that's a practice that I think oftentimes we, we, we lose. We think that God is just the emergency hotline for us. The only time we acknowledge that he's in the room is when we need something. The only time we, we acknowledge when, when he's there is when, is when, man, God, I need you to get me out of this situation. God, I, I need you to fix this. I need you to do this for me. And you know what? God is so gracious. God is so good. He's so faithful. Many times he'll do it for us. Man, how do you think the heart of God is when we just say, God, you know what? I didn't even come for anything today. I just... Can I just sit here with you? While I'm driving in my car, God, can I just, Lord, I don't need anything. I just need to know you're here. I don't always want to come to God with my hand out. But I just want to enjoy your presence. Just want to enjoy your presence. And my hope and my prayer for us is that, it, that we would begin to see prayer. That we would begin to see these moments with God as the reward. Blessings and all that other thing, that, that's all great. That's, that's great to have. That's great to receive. But, but it, it, can we just stop for a moment and just begin to see prayer as the reward? 
The fact that God desires to be in relationship with you and I. The fact that God desires to have these moments with you. Yes, you. The one who still sins. The one who still messes up. The one that still at times has impure thoughts. The one that still at times will lie. The one that still at times will cheat. The one that still at times will try to get over on somebody or do something in dishonest. Yes, you. He still desires to be with you. May we become those that just sit and enjoy the presence of God. Psalm 1611 says, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence and with eternal pleasures at your right hand. He says, you will fill me with joy in your presence. I I just want to be delighted to know you're here. I just want to be delighted to know that, man, I'm not walking through this alone, though nobody else is with me. Though my family may not be with me, though my friends may not be around me, though, though, though physically on the outward it may look like I'm all alone, man, I know the truth. I know the reality that the God of the universe is right here with me. And I enjoy that. I enjoy that. Proverbs 8.30 says, though, then I was constantly at his side. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence. In other words, what that means, a practice that we need to have as believers is daily, daily, we need to have an ongoing, an ongoing, say ongoing, awareness of his presence. Every day. Every day. In closing, I'll close with this, and Josh or somebody that can play keys, if you can come on up. Just this past week, actually just a few days ago, which I didn't have time to really show this video, but I was, through one of my timelines, I, I saw uh, this, this one-minute clip of a pastor and author. His name is David Platt. If you're not familiar with him, he's a great preacher, great author. But David Platt was sharing this story in this one-minute clip, and I'm going to do my best to share it, but he was just sharing it kind of, and I'm going to paraphrase it a little bit, but he was talking about a time that he was in another country, and they were touring this temple in this other country. He said, I walked outside the temple, and, and there was these two guys that were sitting in front of this temple. They were two guys of another religion. And they were having this, this conversation about religion and about God. And, and they began to say things like, man, you know, you realize that really all religions, uh, all religions are doing the same thing. We all are worshiping the same God. So all religions are, are, are fundamentally the same, but we are, we're superficially different, meaning we just do different things. But ultimately, we're all trying to reach the same God. And so David Platt, this pastor, he overheard them talking about this. And he says, so what you're saying is, is that that God is on top of this mountain. And we're all on the bottom. 
and you can take this path up the mountain and I'll take this path up, up the mountain and you can take this path up the mountain and ultimately we'll all end up at the same place with the same God. Is that what you're saying? And they're like, yes, that's a great illustration. That's so right. In the end, we'll all end up in the same place. And he goes, well, let me present this truth to you. He said, what if the God on top of the mountain didn't wait for us to climb up to him? But instead, he came down to where we are. He said, that makes all the difference. Because see, the God of the Bible tells us that God has not left us alone. The God of the Bible doesn't wait for us to climb up the mountain to reach to him. In fact, the God of the Bible came off the mountain to reach us. That's the difference. So you have all these different religions of the world clamoring and climbing and striving, trying to get to God. When the God that we serve says, man, I'm not staying on top of the mountain. I'm going to come down there to you. And I'm going to come down there to you and I'm going to make a way. I'm going to make a path for you to always have access to me. And I'll do that through Jesus. That's the God that we serve. That's the same God that is with you. It's the same God that is with me. And I don't know where your sense of awe and wonder is when it comes to the things of God. Some still may be struggling, even in this room this morning, to believe that God is for you. Some may be struggling even this morning, even after this message, to believe that, that God can be with you. But I'm here to tell you this morning, he's with you whether you're with him or not. But life could be so much more sweeter. Life could be so much more sweeter. Acknowledging that he's in the room. 